Hello and welcome to the Marketing Mashup Podcast. This podcast is where we bring you the most interesting perspectives on marketing from some of the best minds in the industry. In this series, we've got agency directors, startup founders, and some of the people who are away in these trenches delivering the marketing campaigns. We might also grab some perspectives from people outside of the marketing, so let's mash it up. In this episode, we bring you Chris Smith. Now, Chris is a marketing professional who works for B2B Marketing First Base. He's one of my colleagues at First Base. And Chris loves being at the cutting edge of marketing, utilizing the best technology to bolster his marketing efforts. He's also the founder of fitness brand BB Nation, who are using some of this technology to really build their brand. In this episode, we dive into some of the tools that we use, we dive into marketing, the state of marketing, and what it's going to look like in 2019. Hey James, uh, yeah, great to be involved and thanks for the intro. I am very well. Cool. So let's let's start off with going into a little bit about your background. How did you start in Martin, Chris? As you went to uni, right? I did indeed, yeah. So I did a English and creative writing degree. So um, my natural kind of career path was always going to be something around content. Um, I didn't actually begin my career in in a sole marketing job, so I started in comms, which incorporated a bit of PR as well. Um, But I quickly wanted to make the move over to a pure marketing role as I felt that uh, it was a much more accountable job and I wanted to see more the direct results of what my work would actually do to help companies grow. Um, And when I first made that transition, I was a content manager, so utilising kind of my degree but then since I've moved more to a campaign manager role and getting involved in you know lead generation and how the campaigns are actually put in place uh, using tech I guess. So interesting you say about marketing holding you more accountable so what did you do before you got into marketing was it what what sort of jobs did you hold there? Um, so a communications manager and account executive um, up to senior account exec uh, which are kind of more PR-y. So while my previous companies would have said that they do content marketing, um, really it was delivering a range of content for the actual corporate teams inside clients to to then use and implement. So from my point of view, I never really saw the output and like the result side of things that, that I wanted to see. Um, and things like thought leadership, they're I'm, a, I'm an advocate of it, but it's very hard to actually account revenue and results to. So um, that's kind of why I wanted to move to a pure marketing role where maybe every, everything's done in a slightly different way where it's trackable and um, also wanted to get involved in the actual delivery side of things. Yeah, definitely. So actually a little bit of background about where we work um, at the agency at the moment. Uh, we work for an agency called First Base Unlimited, which is part of the Unlimited group. You've got a lovely little office in Soho uh, with a roof terrace. We always tell people that, um, especially new clients, if if we're trying to uh, win them over, we'll tell them we've got a roof terrace with Come with see a bar. us for a beer. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you want to come and see us, see us for a beer let us know follow me on twitter at jay mckinvin or chris on twitter chris smith vv um let us know and we'll, we'll invite you around for a beer uh, but yeah we do 
general content and lead gen marketing. We also do consulting for for bigger brands. Um, and we're also a HubSpot partner, meaning we do a lot of the technical side of marketing, generating leads, building out a, a marketing funnel, and then how we can pass those leads on to the sales pipeline. Uh, we also make a lot of content. That's where Chris started off in his role at First Base, writing a lot of the content that we do for our clients. But now, as he said, he's moved over into the the campaign side of things, which is managing how do we get those leads and how do we create the best possible content that really stands out in quite a saturated market. Now, speaking a little bit about marketing technology, I know I certainly love new tech that comes out that that really does help us do our job because with so much content, so much marketing being done with all the different channels, uh, there has been a lot of technology that has um, allowed us to make our job easier, quicker, getting the content out more, more efficiently. What sort of marketing technology do you like, Chris? And tell me a little bit more about it. Um, so I think it's also important to point out that we actually specialize as an agency in, in tech. So not only do we use technology for our clients, but we work with a range of tech brands, both B2B and B2C and also smaller and enterprise. Um, but regarding technology, I think um, I think from my point of view, uh, it's the only way that marketing can stand out from the crowd today in delivering great content and experiences. And other industries are being driven by new technologies, and I don't see why marketing should be any different. Um, so being a partner of the likes of HubSpot and uh, Drift and Databox is just a, a better way of how we can deliver a better performance for our clients. Um, in my opinion, I think HubSpot are the leader in marketing automation in terms of um, driving inbound marketing messaging, the, coin, uh, the term that they coined. And uh, by the way, if, if anyone is around Boston at any time, check out Inbound, their conference. It's brilliant. Um, but it's just using technology to better performance um, and making your marketing communications a lot more personal uh, a lot more productive and efficient. Well, I, I think in the past, for a lot of content, it's been spreadsheets, Word documents, mm. and everything sort of... I, I look at some agencies and the way some people produce work, they send Word documents with, with which has version control, and then they manage their projects in Excel, whereas it's a lot quicker and a lot more efficient to use a Google Doc to make sure you're updating everything using live comments um, and your version control is done through through the app as opposed to um, constantly having to save new files and keep tracking of tracking of them and if then someone says one version to someone and they haven't changed the version number on the file name and then another person starts editing a different version because they haven't realized that one version has been sent over um it does get very confusing i think just for collaborative work in technology has benefited marketing in general especially for a content agency yeah definitely i think um it, it actually amazes me still how many people don't use things like uh, google docs and you're right for collaboration and so on like i, I pretty much only use google docs as you know um, but it's brilliant. Like we use it uh, at VV Nation as well, so everyone can see exactly what's going on in real time. And 
in my opinion it's it's the only way that you can really be truly efficient now by using these these new collaboration tools yeah well it's been so often that we've got a doc to work on whether it's a blog whether it's a plan whether it's even a deck where having access to the exact same document at the exact same time has been so so beneficial say a client pitch deck that we're working on and we've got three or four team members trying to get different bits of information different screenshots from different data points and Chris is trying to write up the campaign plan and then I'm trying to write up the HubSpot side of things and then what would happen in the old days with the dinosaurs is everyone would work on their own deck in a similar template and then you'd all send it to one person to try and collate everything. Now, how is that a worthwhile exercise? So, funnily enough, I have previously done that in, in pre- a previous company and I hated it every single minute of it. It's, it's, un- <laughs> it's unbelievable how, how people still don't try using stuff like google slides to be able to do that mm-hmm. it's, it's just a lot more organized as well so rather than have v6 v7 v8 um you just edit it all in one document so you've got one shared copy that can be accessed wherever you are on whatever do, uh, whatever device um, like there's nothing worse than having 10 different word docs for example for the same same file yeah and you, you always know which is the latest copy yeah. that's always a confusion where you're, you're scrolling through your emails trying to find which is which is the latest one does anyone know does anyone know well i sent this one at this time but then i think someone was editing another one like come on guys start using stuff like google docs i've also dabbled in using dropbox paper i know we've yeah. had a, f- a few docs um it's good i think dropbox paper is brilliant it, it really is good but where i think Dropbox paper stops is when you're trying to organize a lot of files um, because yeah. it, it's great as a, like a collaborative workspace and having one long document where you can put different bits of copy in or to-do lists. But then when you want to organize that, so I'm talking about um, actually putting that into folders and having different types of links throughout that document, it does get a little bit confusing where that is where I use Notion because Notion has a very similar editor to Dropbox Paper. I would argue that the Dropbox Paper editor is a lot nicer, uh, but Notion allows you to organize things a little bit better. But because Notion is so customizable, you've actually got to put the effort in to figure out how you like using it. So you can't just go into Notion and open up a page and start putting everything. You need to know how you want to organize it, otherwise it will just look messy. Yeah, I have to say, I tried Notion and <laughs> failed. <laughs> failed miserably. No, I, purely because, basically, I couldn't be bothered to put the effort in, you're right. Exactly. And you've you got to be really organized to, to get your Notion um, into tip-top shape. <laughs> I've, I've often watched lots of, lots of videos of how other people have it set up. Because once you can get it working really well and you have everything organized the way you want it, in the right pages, you can go as deep as you want with sub-pages and different elements but it does take a while to build it out notion have done a very very good job of building their templates which say this is how we think we do it but stubborn james thinks no 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 no, no. i want to do it my way so i'll often... he always does <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure out another way to do it and um that that's where notion falls down a little bit but i, st- I still use it for all meeting notes and 
um, just keeping track of to-do lists or whatever uh, because it is it's really powerful with the the different elements you can put in it and lists and images and bookmarks not a bit big big fan of notion so on the topic of different tools marketing tools we use we, we touched upon the the collaborative tools that that we like using um what sort of bits of tech do you like using for marketing what sort of the favorite things you've come across recently that have helped you out um so my favorite at the moment i have to say is drift which is a chatbot app uh which you install on your website and i use this on vv nation um and we also use it for our own uh first base website and uh a couple of our clients use it i believe a couple of our clients use it um drift is a fantastic one i'm really pleased you brought that up uh because there are some some companies that have tried to build chatbots and different ways to to access people straight on the website but i think drift are doing it better than anyone um because they have such a low barrier to entry as in they have Mm -hmm. a free plan where you can get 100 active leads in so if you're just starting your startup and you want to get some you want to get a chatbot on your site drift is the way to go um intercom i know have a bit more of a broader package of um or the a broader suite of tools that you can use and you can integrate it a little bit more but you can start out with drift and have a nicely designed chatbot that is there that you can set up very quickly and i think the the key thing is is not not only is it uh, easy to do so for example on, on the vv nation site it was just install the drift wordpress uh, plugin and then you just put in a bit of I think it's the API you need, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. it, it automatically loads it and you customize how you want it to look, who who you want to actually start the conversation. And it's an automated pop-up. So, for example, hey, I'm Chris. Uh, welcome to VV Nation. How, how can I help, for example? Uh, and it's that level of personalization that this kind of chatbot can bring and the ability to provide value to your traffic in real time that can really help set you out from the... Uh, from the crowd yeah and i often find that you get a lot more leads and a lot more people actually contacting you through a live chat on the site than they are to um go to the contact us form and then fill in the form and then wait for a response because people are considering so many different things at the moment um that they have busy lives they want answers quickly if they don't get an answer from your product or your service they're going to go to someone else where they can get an answer quicker and in the the nature of social media is all instant every, every even when it comes to getting your food delivered you want to get it as soon as you possibly can with delivery and just eat people are time poor i'd also say that um as well as speed it's, it just gives you that level of professionalism mm. so if it's you versus a competitor and one of you is using drift one isn't in my point of view that as long as your website was looking nice, you'd always look more forward-thinking if you're implementing this sort of technology. Yeah, agreed. Um, th- there's also different ways you can get a chatbot on your site. You can use the HubSpot chat. So I'm really, really intrigued to see how HubSpot and Drift fight it out uh, because I, I may be a little bit wrong here, but I believe Drift was started by ex-HubSpot people. I know they're in Boston. Mm, okay. Let me Google it. 
talk more about Drift while I Google it. <laughs> well, <laughs> shall we talk about some of my other favourite marketing tools? Go for it, go for it. Because um, to be fair, like I actually use quite a lot. Um, so I know we uh, obviously work together, but one thing that both of us use, I believe, uh, is Station, which I didn't mm. previously say to you. And it's not necessarily a marketing tool as such, but it's more of a productivity tool. Uh, but within my station, it's kind of like one app that you can have all of your platforms in. So within my station, I have uh, my MailChimp, my Canva, uh, Buffer, my HubSpot account, all of you my... You have your HubSpot account? Yeah. In, in station? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's actually a little bit annoying, though, because when you <laughs> send me a link, it opens in station rather than in my actual browser. But Station is great. I use it all the time, and it's kind of one place where you can have all of your apps that you use from Google Drive to WhatsApp to Slack to basically anything you want. Um, so that's just a quick shout-out to Station, which I so love. So <laughs> I've got an interesting story about how I initially found Station. Uh, because you've got the WhatsApp desktop app, you've got the Slack desktop, desktop app, and I wanted to get Facebook Messenger desktop desktop apps i didn't have to keep going into my browser so i was looking for things i i I found franz which i downloaded and it sort of worked but it wasn't great and station is actually one of the most upvoted products of all time on product hunt yeah i mean it's easy to see why i think it's got so many different integrations pretty much anything you could think of you can get on there so it it is basically a web browser yeah. So it's based on web browser architecture, but it's a new type of web browser where you have the, the Slack sort of layout on the left-hand side, and then you can use your command one, two, three, four, five to go through the different apps you want. And then can you have different tabs within an app? Yeah, you can. Um, have, yeah. yeah, you can. So you can have, for example, Slack, you can have multiple accounts which will just be listed on tabs under the, under the Slack thing. Can you have like multiple Google Docs open? Yeah. Under, so it, it, it categori- categorizes it a lot, yeah. a lot more. Um, so yes, yeah, Station is a really brilliant one, and HubSpot was founded by David Cancel, who was ex CPR of HubSpot. So you mean Drift? Drift say, was founded. Yeah. yeah. Did I what did I say? HubSpot. HubSpot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Drift. Uh, we we know and love the HubSpot founders, for the record. Yeah, Darmesh <laughs> and Brian, <laughs> heroes. So um, I suppose a little shout out to HubSpot being gold partners. Uh, yeah we've talked about them already quite a little bit but um what's your favorite thing about hubspot so i i love how forward thinking hubspot are they they really have nailed that they, they, they always want to progress the product and make it the best possible marketing tool they can and they started off with what they were good at with the marketing tool but then they nailed that and then they started moving on to to the CRM and then now recently they've introduced the conversations and then the service hub and the way they're always trying to push technology and improve on their product more so than they have seen in any other real marketing tools. So Pardot we use quite a lot here as well. They are definitely not as forthcoming with the product that they're building. So HubSpot come out with monthly product updates, monthly things that they're iterating on, building, making better. They've got a great design team. They've got an unbelievable engineering product team. And not only that, they have the best product support I've ever known. It's honestly unbelievable. You can live chat the HubSpot guys within the app and then they will get back to you straight away. Really helpful. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm a fan of HubSpot yeah, and what they're doing, what say, they're building. My experiences with them are, are superb as well, and obviously I don't want to just 
rinse, uh, wax lyrical about HubSpot the entire time, but they're, you're right, they're, I think, a league above the others when it comes to forward thinking and customer service. Yeah, agreed. And one more thing, which is great, is their blog. Um, any yeah. sort of marketing thing you can possibly think of, HubSpot will have an article on it. They post so frequently with such good topics um, that, and they do all sorts of things on social as well. But um, also, if you get a chance, check out their state of inbound report, which they do every year. Yeah, uh, which is incredibly comprehensive on ev- everything from like shopping behavior to um, like the average amount of conversion rates in each industry and so on, and like social channels and more. Yeah, ag- agreed. Um, their their content and SEO strategy is very very aggressive, mm-hmm. and if you if you follow the founders of HubSpot on Twitter and some of the the head honchos there, you'll see that they. Um, from the early days they really did focus on building up their their seo and content strategy and it's paid off um so yeah well inbound marketing is what they specialize in and they did it themselves very well they they coined the term and now they built up this humongous agencies are based off a, a term that they coined essentially yeah. Which is which is pretty impressive. Imagine launching something and you get such a cult following where you can do an event every year, which is has twenty thousand people who come to it, and you get speakers like John Cena and Michelle Obama. <laughs> it's just unreal. Just from two guys from Boston starting up. Uh, well, they're not just two guys; they were both pretty bright guys. Harvard was it? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. It, it's one of those, yeah. isn't it? I, I believe Harvard. So yeah, love HubSpot. Let's move on to some other things. Um, so talking of how good they are uh, at writing, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favourite marketing tools. You, I suppose you wouldn't really call it a marketing tool, but it certainly helps. Is Grammarly, which is um, essentially like a. An, a very elaborate spell checker. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It integrates with Chrome, so you just add a little um, widget, or, or what do you call the Chrome things? Pl- Chrome plugin, apps, plugins, apps. Plugin. Um, extension. extension, extension, and it's got a desktop app, so you can use it with Word, with your emails, and, and more. Um, but it just is a much better and much more comprehensive. Um, spell checker and not only that it also suggests new words for um, like better better grammar essentially mm. and I think one of the pet hates of almost everyone is receiving marketing communications with spelling errors in or bad grammar and so on so it's a it's such an easy and there there is a free version um, so it's such Are you an a paid easy member fi- I'm a paid member oh, okay. yeah of course as a content marketer <laughs> <laughs> slash campaign manager yeah, uh, I I couldn't recommend it more. I mean, it, it's so simple to use. You, you can either scan what you're currently working on or you can upload a document straight to it and it'll do it all for you. I, I think it's Grammarly is an absolute fundamental for anyone yeah. who writes anything and sends anything to anyone. Yeah, it's it, basics. Bas- it is basically. basics. <laughs> it is free. Like you, you can get the free version, which will correct all your spelling live on any web browser um, or does it do apps on your computer as well? Yeah, no, it does. Because yeah, yeah. on does, Slack yeah. it does. So yeah, it does. It, it, 
the free version as well is is actually brilliant. Well, I I use the free version yeah. and it helps me so much when I'm writing emails or I'm typing up notes yeah. or whatever. Just as I'm going, it's just suggesting different things where I had commas, where I've missed out, yeah. where I've made a spelling error, and I, I just think everyone needs to at least have the free version of Grammarly. What are the benefits of having the paid version? So the benefits are more around improving your actual writing. So it's got some form of algorithm that it scans and, and you can you can actually get quite granular with what you want. So, for example, you could select a knowledgeable audience um, and you want to be formal in your writing and it will scan through all your work. Really? Yeah. And it will tell you, like, this sentence should be written like this, for example. Um, so it's more about improving your writing for the audience that you actually want to write to. Um, And there's various different options of like, it can give you a little plagiarism checker. It can, uh, what else can it do? It can give you more descriptive words. So like synonyms and so on, which obviously other uh, tools can do. You can do that in Microsoft Word, but it's more just... um, Well, it's it's fact it's always there to be able to do it. Yeah, it's always there and always suggesting as well. So it's not like you need to click on it. it. It automatically says... Rather than use this sentence, why don't you use this? Because it will generate more interest with the audience that you're going after. And if you buy it yearly, you can get it for $12 a month, which is... Yeah, I think I pay about £55 every six months. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just considering I use it basically every day, it's a decent investment. Well, think about how many clients will be pissed off when you send marketing comms with typos. Yeah, um, it's just and you'll lose that client and that business how to how be honest little... though today that is just inexcusable 100% so, any marketing professional listening to this who's not using Grammarly and still gets called up for spelling mistakes get it now get on it please get <laughs> on it. it it will help you out massively um, I want to talk a little bit more about video because at heart I am a video guy I love it I've been doing YouTube um, since I was younger, I love sitting in front of camera in my room and talking about all sorts of things. And marketers have all tried to jump on the video bandwagon because it is so powerful in terms of engagement, in terms of building an audience. If you can do well with video on YouTube or on other channels, then then you're going to get a lot of exposure and leads and people interest in your brand now the trouble is with video is it's expensive to do it's resource intensive and not enough people know how to do it well but we're in luck guys because there's been a lot of tools released that make it a lot easier to to be able to produce video so chris what are your thoughts on on video on video marketing where it sits in sort of importance where it sits in terms of um, who's doing it well, who's not doing doing it well, and where do we sort of see video going? Um, so I think I should probably start by saying that my view is that video is, or is at least being used to some degree, uh, by every single leading company in the world now, um, which also leads me on to my next point, which is that I think it's incredibly important in today's age. Um you know as well as I do that I'm not myself a big YouTuber, but I think if you do it well, it's the it's the kind of engagement that I think you have to have with, with your customers and audience today. Um, people prefer visual stuff. I think no one 
really wants to read like a, a long massive white paper these days you know it's, it's boring there's too much of it uh, and i'm not saying that content is dead because uh, i think when done right and with the right content it's still very valuable but i th feel like video gives a, another layer of engagement but my concern is that as you rightly pointed out it is still difficult to get right and often you can actually look worse and like unprofessional i think if you do it wrong you can because there is quite a high level of or quite a high barrier to entry so with writing blogs and literally anyone can write a blog um and they can put it out there and that'll look like they're doing content marketing but with video if you just sit there with your phone no lighting no audio it doesn't look as professional but if you can learn the basics of getting a dslr camera £400 you can get a 4K um, Panasonic G7 for. Get get a Rode Video Micro for mic or a £7 lav mic off Amazon and plug it into your phone and start recording from that. And then just get a cheap LED panel off Amazon. Newer do one for like £30. And then you have a professional setup that you can use for your for your videos. And that four hundred, four, five, six hundred pound investment for any agency, for any business, is so worthwhile. And then teaching yourself how to edit is also such an easy task to do, because you can just go on YouTube and find a tutorial, and you can learn the basics. Any sort of creative agency will also have access to a um, Creative Cloud account where they can just use Premiere Pro and learn how to use that. If you're on Mac, get Final Cut and and learn how to use Final Cut, that's about £300. So all of that adds the professional layer to it. But then there are tools that can help you to shoot and uh, distribute your videos. Now, if you want to use your video specifically for marketing, specifically for lead gen and generating traffic to your website, this is where Wistia comes in. Now, I am a huge, huge advocate of Wistia, not only for what they're trying to do with... Um, with their own marketing, with their blog, with their, the amount of content they're pushing out, with their CouchCon event. Have you heard of their CouchCon event? No. So they did this this online conference, essentially, where they did live streams and released different bits of content from someone on a couch. And the whole marketing <laughs> thing behind it was you could also do it from your couch. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's brilliant. And then they did Video Marketing Week, which was a week-long thing where every day they did live streams and released different content. They've all done this in the last sort of month. And so Wistia are a really cool company, also based in Boston, I think. Boston are a cool little tech hub. Uh, but the, the actual tool itself, Wistia, they offer so many features that you can use directly for marketers. So stuff like putting a CTA on your video, if you like using forms, you can actually gate a certain part of the video. So you can ask for um, you can ask for someone's name and email address if you want to get that sort of information from them halfway through a video. Um, or you can put it at the start or at the end. You can also add chapters so people can navigate your video. So say if you're doing a tutorial, which is a little bit longer, which is... Um, 
say 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 you've done a 20 minute tutorial you can put chapters in so people can navigate to the bits they want and i think that is a really really handy tool so they're just providing the tools for marketers to be able to create video then their play is really cool it's really fast you can embed it onto any web page and it also gives you the ability to add metadata and descriptions so that ranks for seo which is really really handy um, I think you should also be using YouTube for video because YouTube is the second biggest search engine um, on the internet. So make sure if you're posting stuff to your own website, make sure you're putting it on YouTube as well or at least teasers on YouTube that takes you to your website if you need to generate traffic. Yeah, so I've got a little question for you. A little one. Just a little one. Go on. So obviously there's platforms like YouTube where you can distribute your videos, but what are your thoughts on actual video content on websites? So maybe as the homepage image, like do, do you feel like there's a place for that or do you think static hero images are still like the way that you should be doing things? It, it entirely depends. I, I think, are you talking just like a background image? Yeah, so for example, you go onto a someone's website and it's yeah. got a ferrari in the background with text over it as the homepage image um i don't think it makes too much of a difference i think it does look cool and it makes you stand out if you have a nicely produced video as a background but i also think it's important to make sure your website looks nice in terms of the design and it's got the right ux so you can actually convert people from the website um how you can but um, uh, a hero image does work well. Like, um, yeah. it, it, what, what's your thoughts on it? Because so I asked because um, at VV Nation we obviously um, so just to give you everyone a bit of context of what VV Nation is, it's yeah. uh, it's a cycling and running brand, uh, essentially designed to get the nation active, and as such we take a lot of footage to be fair of cycling and running but don't really do anything with it um mainly because of resources and skills um i think what i said earlier about if, if you do it wrong it looks worse yeah. um so we're kind of like timid to actually get involved and put our neck on the line and actually publish stuff um but i think i i personally like the use of video on websites I think, as you said, it, it does make you stand out a bit and it looks different. But again, it has to be done well. Yeah, if you can get it right, it's 100% worth the investment. And I think for VV Nation as a brand, having a video as a background on a header will look really, really nice because it will showcase your products nicely. It will showcase the lifestyle, the brand, the cycling, the running. Uh, but it is resource intensive. Mm. Um, it does cost a little bit of money, but it is a good investment because that video footage you shoot that you're using as your hero image you can also use that as b-roll over different vlogs that you want to do or different um different areas of content where you're trying to add value um and you just need that footage there so i i do think it's worthwhile to to get done for vv yeah uh, so we actually do use a couple of video tools but i say they're more for beginner level yeah um our main editing suite is mavavi have you ever come across it haven't the premium video suite um so they kind of build your video for you you drop basically you drop a load of stuff into their platform and they you choose the length of the video that you want and then they kind of mold it all together into a nice little video for you um and then the other one that we use um which are actually quite 
like using here as well at, at First Base and Limited is Lumen 5. And I know you've come across this before as well, James, but essentially you drop a URL into the platform and it's little bit of AI technology um, pulls out keywords and phrases from that article and turns it into a nice little video for you. And I think there there is a little risk that it populates it with, I believe it's unsplash images, so like generic images. You can change them though, right? Yeah, you can change yeah. them, yeah. So I think um, to use it well, you need some nice, unique, or original imagery behind it. Mm. But it does um, turn your written text into nice little shareable assets on social. So I, I'm a really, really big fan of Lumen. Um, if you use the paid version which is how much do you know it's not that expensive i don't think i don't know but um if you can get the the paid version of lumen where you can um make these little videos that you can post to social you can get anyone on the team doing it mm. so oh, you, it's so easy so you so can easy. get one pro videographer or photographer into into vv and say right we want to hire you for one day we want as many photos we want as many videos then you can load that all into Lumen. Then you can just recycle that sort of stuff with different written content. So your content writers you have at Vivi yeah. can then write up their content that they want to. Then they can think, right, I want to make a video out of this. No problem. We've got Lumen. We can now create these videos and they'll look professional. We've got our own original footage shot. And that is a good, good workaround of the resource intensive actually shooting, scripting, editing a full video. Yeah, and... The, it, it, it's not totally customizable because you do have to um, kind of work within their guidelines, I guess. But it puts your logo into the top right. You can load both static images and actual video, background video. Mm. And it's just like a, a nice way to produce, like, say, minute long little shareable snippets. So, for example, yeah. we do ones that are like eight tips every cycling beginner should know. And then it just. It automatically takes the eight tips from your article, uh, loads it into a nice little video with relevant cycling images, and then we just swap them out for our own cycling images. Yeah, it, ke- it keeps it consistent. Yeah, it does. And I think if you're trying to share blogs through through social media, through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, if you've got a video there, it's one going to take up a little bit more space on their on their timeline. It's going to be a little bit more interesting, engaging. They'll go, "Oh, what's this?" Then they'll yeah. have a look at that. That's not taking you too long to make, and then it will go through to their, to your um, to your blog where you can start trying to qualify and generate the leads um, that you need. Yeah, I think what we've seen is that it's just great for social engagement. Some of the the most engaging posts that we've had uh, have been Lumen Five videos, and mm. cleverly as well, it, when you upload the URL, it, it scrapes your your logo and your branding. So it automatically puts the text, for example, in the right color that you want it to be. Yeah, massive time saver. Massive time saver. Um, yeah. and another quick tool. Moving on from Lumen, I want to talk about uh, Soapbox. Have you ever used Soapbox? I have never used Soapbox, so, maybe, but I know you love it. I, I absolutely <laughs> love Soapbox because the amount of support queries and other general queries that I get over email that can be solved by sending a little video clip of your screen and your face if you if you want to use your face. Um, it, it just saves so much time. So I was... Uh, was it... There, there was a tool basically I needed support on and someone sent me a video of themselves pointing out specifically in the software um, where it was that what I needed to do. And it, 
it solved my issue straight away. I just went in, followed the, the tips from the video. And I'm like, what did you use for that? And they were like, Wistia Soapbox. So I've had a little look at Wistia Soapbox. The site is fantastic. Um, it's a completely free extension um, for Google Chrome where you can record your screen. It doesn't have to be the Google Chrome screen. It can be your whole screen if you need it to be. Um, and you can do a voiceover, um, have your webcam on, or you can plug in an external camera if you really want to. And it will then create a video, which you can edit in their online tool. Then you can share that link with someone instantly. And I think that's a really, really handy tool, especially for marketers. If, um, if say, you want to do a quick tutorial of your product or your service or customer service as mentioned before you can quickly create a video on soapbox and it will save you so much time sending out that really long format email which someone still might not understand yeah I, i've seen some of the ones that you've done as well they're brilliant right aren't they yeah they're right <laughs> but our clients like them and we use it to to help our clients um and you've in fact sent me one before when i asked for something so yeah i agree that it's Little tools like that are the difference today of doing marketing average and, and doing it well, yeah. particularly as an agency. Agreed. Agreed. Now, we're going to wrap up the podcast very shortly, but um, one very sticky point between um, marketers who um, are looking towards the future and what the future of marketing might be and people that have been doing marketing for the last 10, 15 years is our forms dead. Chris, are forms dead or are we moving into something a little bit different? I think oh, it's a tough one. I, I think forms are, are dead, but I can see why. Bold, some, bold statement. Bold statement, yeah. <laughs> but I can see why businesses still still use them. But essentially, it's fear, isn't it? If you say to one of our clients that you're going to spend X amount of money and you're not going to gate anything and you're not going to add any forms we're going to do it the same way we've done it the past 10 years and it worked 10 years ago really well but doesn't work quite so well now yeah but hear me out okay if you're going to say that to them sorry that we're not going to do any of that stuff and they, they turn around and say so where are my leads like how do i get leads how do you answer that to them that's it's, the it's thing. A long game isn't it it is a long game you've got to start building up your content authentic content that people agree with or that can engage with sorry um and actually being human with your content with your marketing give people what they want and they are far more likely to buy buy one of your products or be interested in your brand if you're just constantly selling or trying to gate everything um they're not going to see the value in that you've got to provide value for people so that they will then um be interested in your brand and your product down the line because not everyone that look, reads a guide wants to buy your product believe it or not yeah. but people do this so much they get these leads in they try to nurture with a little bit more content but it do, it doesn't work they're they're like the sales guys have called these leads but but they're, they're not they're not interested in buying anything and the the point you have to try and make is yeah, that's because we're gating everything and it's not particularly high value where what we would do is um, build some content which is a little bit more interesting over time, start talking to people, start engaging with them and engage them that way. It's a tough sell though, isn't it? Because you're essentially saying that you need someone who's a visionary, which is often hard to find in yeah. particularly in bigger companies where there's immediate pressure to deliver results and return of, uh, on investment. 
Um, you need that person to come in and say, look, we're going to start the wheels in motion of getting a proper inbound marketing camp uh, program going where traffic improves you're using personalization like drift for example to actually speak to people in real time and we're not going to worry about chucking a load of um like paid outbound emails out there we're not going to worry about gating a load of uh, pretty poor assets all we're going to focus on is delivering good quality assets that are valuable to our to our audience that that takes a lot of guts to do it does um, I'll tell you someone who is doing the whole social media game and building a community. So if you're building a community around your product, then the word of mouth is going to spread so wide that that is going to work as your marketing machine. But Monzo? Oh, Monzo, a great example. Yeah, Word of mouth is like you cannot beat it it's the best way to market it, yeah and brand evangelists just do it all for you. you you effectively don't need to invest in marketing if you have an army of brand evangelists if, if you can find a way without selling your product to to get people to share it if you can make people share your product and start talking about how great it is how we've been talking about hubspot and these other tools on here then that is the best possible source of marketing no paid no emails are ever going to be as effective as other people telling their friends or their peers about products or services that they like and use yeah totally agree and i think there's just a fundamental change in behavior like people are, are much more resistant now to putting their email address in in exchange for something else so the the quality of the content that you have, if you're going to gate something, the quality of the content has to be so good now yeah. that you've got to hook them in. Um, and it's just a fundamental shift in, in behavior, I think. hundred percent. And, but the reason I said I'm on the fence is because I, I do feel that there is still a time and place that you should gate stuff. If you have something particularly valuable that you've maybe invested a lot of money into, um, I can see why people still want to gate that because if it's if it is that valuable, then ultimately people should want to give up an email address for it. Yeah, but I don't think that someone giving up their email or exchanging their email address is an an intent to buy. I really no, don't. Not no. anymore. It may have been a little while ago. They're like, oh, I'm interested in the product. I'll give you my email. But now it's just gonna mean that they're you're just one of the emails of the many hundreds they get a week and it's going to get lost in their inbox people get so many emails find different ways to engage them with content that they're actually looking for and then they'll think oh yeah that that agency that produced that article i'm gonna i'm gonna message them because they seem to know what they're talking about instead of oh this agency they've sent me 10 emails this month and i really don't care can they can they stop bloody trying to reach out to me i'm not interested in, in what they want i'm never going back to them did you it's see the, the difference? It's the whole inbound philosophy, isn't it? Um, it's that finding that uh, value to your audience that makes them want to come to you yeah. rather than outbound cold emails or spamming them with marketing stuff, um, which makes life difficult as a modern day marketer because mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure to deliver leads and like substantial amounts of leads. Um, and as I said, like. It, it is change so trying to get people to do things a different way where the results maybe aren't short term you know you look you're looking at the long game is is a is a tough ask so 
our jobs as marketers as well is is also made more difficult like imagine if it was how it how it was 10 years ago where marketing emails were just the way that you do everything yeah. um oh it'd be beautiful <laughs> yeah it would be so you you've you got to be a lot more well as as professionals i think we we need to be like other industries pushing the boundaries as well and adapting to what consumers want agreed agreed now i, I think that's a a very strong point to stop on because we do need to adapt. We do need to be um, looking towards the future and um, making sure we're on top of things and providing the best possible service to clients. Chris, thank you very much indeed for being on the very first Marketing Mashup podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all. Um, and thank you listeners for sitting through this Babylon about some of our thoughts on different tools and marketing and where it's headed. And if you agree with anything, please let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter. Again, that's at Jay McKinvin and at Chris Smith VV. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode next week. <laughs> <laughs>